When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lumos. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, also known as your friendly tech wizard, former captain of the Hufflepuff Quidditch team, the flannel wizard, yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Fleur. Hiya! Schön, dass ihr da seid. Welcome to Fleur and Bill's home base, our little cottage on the outskirts of Tenworth. Whoa. It, we gotta fix that door. <laughs> we gotta fix it. <laughs> we do. We oh my do. gosh! Is that us just coming into the house? And right. Welcome inside. Make yourself at home. Wow. I love <laughs> that. That's cool. Yeah. So this is our uh, third episode of Shell Cottage Radio, in which we will discuss part two of our We Watch. We Watch. Did we- you really say <laughs> that? I you you know I'm not cutting that out. That's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, you don't have to. Cut that out. That's all uh, natural. Can you, can you say it again? We, we watch. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't mean to say that. It just came out. I'm sorry. Influences. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. influences. It's, so, it's great. Really good influences, I have yes. to say. Yes. The rewatch of the first movie of the Fantastic Beasts series, Fantastic Beasts, and where to find them. But before we get started, sweetie, how are you? I am wonderful. You know, I've got my um, Hufflepuff tie on. So if you get a chance to come check out the YouTube uh, edition of this, we always post the video version for you guys over there. And it's a lot of fun. You know, really for us, it's fun to remember like the wind is is blowing outside. It's a little bit warmer. It's nice. just like a breeze kind of blowing through the window. So you guys might actually hear some, I don't know, sounds. I'm not actually sure. Uh, what is, is going to happen, but there, yeah, it's just like I, the other day we were recording here and like this window is so it's right next to a really big tree. And so you can, you can hear tons of different birds and animals and, oh yeah, we have like a little Creek in the back. We've got like a babbling little stream. Um, I think it even connects down to this lake over here too. So you can kind of, you know, hear some of those things, but, uh, yeah, 
There it is. We just we right. threw the microphone out in the backyard so you guys could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of Wingardium Leviosa did it out there. Yeah, so. we Wingardium Leviosa did it. You know, we, we, we switched and we flicked it, and then we boom, and out it went, right? Yeah, right. That's perfect. So, no, it's a beautiful day today. So, um, a wonderful day to record, actually. Yeah, it is. And we've had a really good morning. Like, um, it's, it's been great. We had, we had pancakes. Yeah. We had pancakes this morning. We had some eggs. Uh, I have a nice little omelet. Porridge, fruit, so just about a bit of everything. And um, yeah, yeah, now we're just enjoying our hot coffee provided by the lovely Trolley Witch. That was um, so cute. <laughs> I got to say, um, so I had that idea uh, a couple days ago. Um, and then I, I don't know, I wanted to find out what does she really say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found two clips, one of the Sorcerer Stone and one in, I think it's Goblet of Fire. And the first, uh, did you notice that the Trolley Witch is not the same? I did not know that. No. Uh-uh. So I guess they changed the actress. I don't know why. Maybe she couldn't come back or I don't know if she yeah. passed away. Yeah. But the Trolley Witch is different in the Goblet of Fire and she d- says something different. So in the first movie, she says um, anything off the trolley. Mm-hmm. And then seconds, she she asked anything from the trolley. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just in case uh, you heard both versions and you weren't sure which one is the right one. Yep, she says right. both. Anyways. Well, yeah, if folks know why. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, that is interesting when they recast someone or they have someone who, you know, time, whatever it might be. Um, again, those films went on for several years. So who knows? But that's cool. You know, I love that when, when the trolley witch comes by and, and uh, Ron's yeah. trying to get something off of it and, and Harry's. They're like, hey, I can get it. I got it. He's like, no, it's fine. It's fine, right? You know, and then he's yeah. like, we'll take the lot. And they take all of the, yeah. <laughs> the candy and everything, and he gets immersed in sort of Wizarding World treats, which is, which is great. So, right. But, uh, sweetie, hey, I'm, I'm doing really well. How are you doing, though? You doing okay? I am. Yep. I mean, the better weather really has an effect. Also, sweetie, what are we missing today? I am good, but I'm also a little sad I know. that we're in the States <laughs> right now. We're recording this on yeah. on the seventh, right? So I think technically, it's out. Am I wrong about that? Like the Fantastic Beast, it's technically out on the eighth, but like there's those early midnight showings yeah. the day before on the seventh. Pretty much, you know, uh, they always say it's Friday, but you you get your Thursday kind of releases. So yeah, we have to wait another week in the United States to watch this. Um, so yeah, I I just I don't I don't know. I'm I'm a little, you know, a little bit out of shape about it. The the yeah. the, the the premiere um was cool to, just to see all the uh, actors and and actresses there and the different uh, people involved with the project. That was really cool and it seems really good. Early, I think I said this last time. Like early reviews are coming out and people are saying that it's a step up. Like they really like it. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is is great. There's this whole going back to Hogwarts thing that's really yes. good. So that's all really encouraging. I, I think it maybe makes more sense. It seems like we're back to our core four. Like Dumbledore sets them up. They go on their mission, and then he's going to be there. But like Jude Law's in this, and, and he's a fantastic Dumbledore. Right. And Dumbledore's <laughs> yes. a great – you need a, kind of a tie-in to the original series. You need yes. something to say, okay, I understand what this is, and this is just pre uh, – this is an early Hogwarts. So Yeah. It's yeah. awesome that we – 
learn more about Dumbledore and this whole movie is supposed about it's supposed to be about his story. So yeah, I'm excited. And um I'm, you know, happy for you guys if you're over in Europe or somewhere else and you can already watch it. Like that's awesome. So here we go. So this is something from is it okay to kinda pop into some of yeah. our news and just Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention there before <laughs> we get into that? Oh yeah, before before um we have our Potter watch um segment we're gonna do a just a tiny little quote quiz oh yeah with you, so this is why i always check i always check in you know even though i'm trying to be the 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 new professor uh for you know the history of magic uh professor i, I gotta check in and make sure that i'm i'm on i'm on track all right what do we got so yeah quote of the day okay so i am what i am and i'm not ashamed i am what i am and i'm not ashamed I have no. It was just from Fantastic Beasts. Uh, let's say yeah, it, it's from the Wizarding World. Wizarding. Oh, okay, I'll 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 I'll, I'll help you. It's uh from the Harry Potter series. From the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am what I am, and I'm not ashamed. Hagrid. Good job, sweetie. Is it Hagrid? That was your first guess. Very good. Let's go. Hagrid, it is. You yeah. know, I took those holiday special quizzes for House Hufflepuff, and I did okay. All right. <laughs> I earned us some points. I, I, I carried carried my own. I only yeah. I, I think I participated once or twice. Oh. I did my part. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys. Well, that makes sense. You know, it, it's it's all right. There were people going on just bombing us Hufflepuffs. I know it for a fact. They were just like, you know what? We're going to be true to our house here. OK, don't let them on to how 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 witty we are. So let's just wing it now. Yeah. OK, cool. That's a good one. I like that. Thanks, yeah. sweetie. Um, OK. Do you want to. So we got Potter Watch now. Yes, um, and something I wanted to, you to do last time, um, and I forgot, but uh, today you're not getting out of this. Okay. Sweetie, give me a good Potter Watch announcement. Potter Watch announcement? Like? Um, oh my gosh. How, what would that sound like? That would just be like... Uh, <laughs> Try to channel see. the Lee Jordan in you and a good rebel radio station. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Potter Watch 94.7 COZY. We are back with the latest. We've got an article from Deadline talking about the release of the Fantastic Beast International box office. Potter Watch. Oh, God. That was terrible. Please that was, cut that out. No. no oh, that please. Was, Potter Watch. There you go. So, yeah. People, I can't sing. I'm not going to sing on this podcast. So Please do. <laughs> as he is the singer. Um. No, no, I'm not actually. But like that one's hard. Like the Potter Watch. That, I don't really know. I have to kind of come up. We need like an intro Potter for that. Watch. Like a, a full on read where I where I enter. Yeah, like a breaking kind of news. A, yeah. You need to cue some music and it just like, you know, and it just kind of like, yeah, take notes. Yeah. Write that down. We'll have to do that. Okay. Um, and, and really, we don't pull a whole lot here. It's just this, the the big topic of the day is Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore, and that it is releasing internationally uh, ahead uh, this weekend. So this is we're recording on the 7th, and it'll be the 8th, so April 8th. Uh, this whole weekend is going to be coming out, and they're saying it's going to be making close to $50 million this this weekend is, yes, is what they're thinking. everyone wants to find out uh, what right. is Dumbledore's secret or his yeah. secrets. So now that's so again. What, what's tricky about this, though, and I don't really understand all of this stuff. I think they're saying that's down from the previous two films, 
And this could have to do with just today's, you know, movie market and people going to the movies could also have to do with the fact that it's, it's being released. We have to wait for it. So that could be a little different. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Wow. What is that? That's good. <laughs> is this our news? That's perfect. Something like that. We'll have to kind of figure something out right there. Okay. That was great. Potter Watch. Potter Watch. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me see here. So there's, this is just kind of talking about the, the market and everything. Um, currently, estimates for the early offshore release are in the mid uh, 50 million range. That's down compared to the previous two films in the Wizarding World spinoff series. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald uh, in like for like markets. And at today's rates, uh, opened at 120 million and 115 million, respectively. Those films had gone out in November uh, and played into Christmas, and they finaled at 58 million and 49 million internationally. So they're just kind of saying that it seems like these might be down. The Secrets of Dumbledore is currently carrying a 60% fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was higher than that, but uh, this is again, this is a Deadline article. Uh, just pulled this up here, wanted to see what some of the reports were um it's opening across school holidays and many of its overseas plays uh i think they said it's open in like the likes of let's see belgium or else here i think all of the eu maybe right so it's like uk australia germany yeah. japan spain china um yeah. yeah remember we talked about it too that um i was originally going to be in germany this week mm -hmm. and i was like oh i can i can watch it you can't Right. And yeah, I can exactly. already tell you what's, what's going to happen. I know. It's crazy. I was saying, like, take me in your pocket, you know, just, like, let me listen or something. That's that's pirating, though. We can't do that. But I just wanted to listen, you know, ahead of time. I would have paid double uh, just to go, <laughs> just to do that. Uh, so let's see. Um, yeah, on Easter weekend, the David Yates-directed Dumbledore, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore, will add 44 markets, including France, Italy, uh, Korea and all of Latin America. The Secrets of Dumbledore is the third episode in the five-part J.K. Rowling created Harry Potter prequel series. Uh, it's set several years after the events of the crimes of Grindelwald. And yeah, we got Albus Dumbledore uh, duking it out with uh, Grindelwald. So Right. Yeah, this is interesting. That's just a, so, some of the news about the money. I think it's going to come out and do way more. I think it's going to be way more of a hit, way more successful than people realize. Once the internet starts talking about it, you know, this is all based on early critics and stuff. Right. So by the time you guys even hear this, it'll, it'll be, uh, you, you, you already kind of know. And right. And we'll be talking about it. But <laughs> the it's just secret crazy. will be we're, out. Yeah, the secret will be out. Because uh, we're, we're just sitting here like, ah, shoot, I wish we could be over there early watching it. Some people were joking about flying over yeah. <laughs> just to like watch it. I'm like, I'm in that crew. I would, I would like to do it. <laughs> So that's crazy. Yeah. Now, in other news, though, we actually have some local news here, actually. Sweetie, you want to go ahead yeah. and talk about this for a second? Yeah. Um, so yesterday I saw something cool on MuggleNet um, on their Instagram account, and they posted that ahead of the release of Secrets of Dumbledore, Kowalski quality baked goods pop ups are set to appear on the streets of Cleveland, Ohio mm -hmm. and Kansas City, Missouri. So two in two locations. But just unfortunately, just for one day. And you said it's only on Friday and it's yeah, tomorrow. We can't go. We can't go. I know. Oh, I would have loved to go. I would have too. So if anyone, yeah, if any one of you guys listening has or had the chance to go, 
Yeah. Uh, let us know how it was. Um, yeah, I would have loved to try their quality baking goods. It's going to be in different cities too, right, though? It's going to be in a couple different oh, cities. Oh, so it's traveling? I think it said it's going to be in Cleveland, and then after that it'll be in a, a couple different places because this okay. is the, the release for this is interesting in that this weekend it's international. And then so I think that to build the hype around here, they're just kind of doing a couple weekend events leading into uh, the release. So, yeah. I found that to be pretty cool. That's a that's a that's a neat way to do it. Take a big city and do something, you know, with a food truck. I don't know. That's cool. Not that it's attached to anything necessarily that with the right. studio or anything. It's just kind of a cool way for people to build hype, you know. Right, and to kind of yeah experience um, what it could taste like to right. to go into Jacob's Bakery and try one of his pastries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so I think that is pretty much it. I did last time. I wanted to mention, uh, go check out uh, Fogler's Fiction. By the way, there's this is his Instagram. So uh, the guy that plays Jacob, he has his mm -hmm. own podcast, The Whole Nine Yards. It's there. Uh, Catherine Watterson's Instagram and Allison, uh, who plays Queenie. I got those down in the description this time. I, I forgot to do it last time, and I wanted to mention it. Uh, it's kind of a follow up to that episode. So those are there because I think you should follow the cast and crew and check out what they're saying. Uh, they advocate for different causes and they have their own voices their own platforms where they they speak out and do um you know wonderful things so i think it's kind of cool want to put that down there for for folks and i wanted to mention too at the end of this episode once we're, we're through the second half of the fantastic beast and where to find them we're going to be talking about a major theory concerning tina goldstein and credence right barebone yeah so uh Please stick around for that theory because I couldn't believe it when I when I read it. And we maybe we are the last people on the planet who, you know, discovered that theory. And everyone's like, "Wow, we heard about this like a long time ago." What are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I did not know about this, and I'm, yeah. But we're we're gonna talk about the movie first, yeah. and then we're gonna dive into that. It's a really great theory, theory, though. And yeah. and the thing is, too, not a lot of people go and read Reddit, and they're not really. Um, I don't know. I feel like when you find something like that and you can pull it out and share it with folks, it's just great. And we'll give credit to the author and everything because uh, it's great. It was floating around on Twitter, and then they put it out on Reddit. And it's mm -hmm. uh, there's images and stuff, so our YouTube will have a separate clipped-up YouTube video for it as well because it's great. So, wowzers. Okay. Sweetie? Yeah. Oh, the creek's back. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just put the microphone outside again okay, for, for cool. a second. It, it just gotcha. does it on its own. It's like a magical. It's a wandering kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sometimes it just... It just happens. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's we're going to dive in here, right, into the to the main part of the of the episode. Uh, and you've got some notes, we've got some different thoughts. So again, we're starting uh, just at the second half. I think last time we left off where we had the execution was going on, and right. we were pulling up some of the X-ray stuff, talking about some of the general trivia, and really our major takeaways and things that we thought were interesting and kind of kind of funny as we get hyped again for the Secrets of Dumbledore. We're rewatching this, so. Uh, yeah, some major takeaways. The, 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 the execution scene is pretty intense, and it actually has some yeah. tie-in to our theories later on. So uh, stick around for that. We'll, we'll talk about that because what you see and what Tina sees it, you know, down in the liquid or whatever that is that she's staring into, the, the visions and the memories they cast in there, mm -hmm. really kind of important for the theory. So um, right. yeah, pretty cool stuff. Right. So uh, we just, like you said, we just left off when... Uh, Tina and Newt, they were, I mean, they were sentenced to death. To right. die. That's crazy. Straight up. Yeah. I think Madam President owes them a bit more than just, hey, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Now, again, she wasn't the one who was approving their death. You know, Graves did that on his own. Right. But still, like, whoa, they almost got killed. Right. So, yeah. that's crazy. 
right and and we said uh, last episode that queenie she sensed uh something was wrong she could hear uh tina's thoughts probably and um she's trying to escape that one his name is sam <laughs> that one uh ministry ministry worker no it's not the ministry we said that last time um the makuza worker um and she's like hey uh sam do you want to do you want me to tell you know your wife uh that you're talking to ruby so uh seems like Sam and Ruby are a thing. Uh they're a thing, yeah. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with those two, but that and was Queenie knows like that. I mean, think about it. Queenie knows everything. Blackmail. She could probably blackmail anyone, um, if she wanted to, because she has all that knowledge about people. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Tina uh I'm sorry, Queenie is trying to rescue uh Tina and Newt. And like you said, Tina has a flashback about credence and here's where we're gonna present you um a theory well at the end after we discuss the movie we're gonna talk about that theory but i was like hey why is she so fond of or or attached or has that connection to credence because i mean i was like "Mm, maybe because she seems to be an orphan she and queenie were orphans um at some point and um credence is an orphan so maybe she's just very you know She's just very compassionate and um, shows that she she knows how they feel and she wants them to have a good life. Um, but there's more to it. Way probably. more. <laughs> Way more than we thought. I, I had no idea there was that many connections and stuff. So, yeah. And I haven't seen any of the big YouTubers really talking about it either. So I, I went and looked. And I'm like, well, this is mm-hmm. kind of cool. So and that, again, depending on your platform, you'll, you'll have access to, right. to stuff that they break down. So this would be kind of cool. It'd be be fun to discuss. Um, hopefully one of them picks it up and does something big with it because I think yeah. they're, it's probably exactly what's happening, you know? That'd be so cool. Yeah, so we'll we'll save that. But yeah, um, yeah, just a really, really cool moment. And then what is the little creature that, that kind of saves the day? Newt, um, he has pick it, pick the lock, which is right. cool. Okay, yes, and then you've true. got like the swooping evil thing or whatever popping in there. Right, the swooping, we get introduced to the swooping evil, um, which is like a blue green winged dark magical beast. Um, it's almost like a butterfly, but it has a wolf-like skull. Um, and it does quite a bit in this movie. So it helps them escape their um, basically death Yeah. <laughs> in this situation. Um, and then later on, Newt uses it um, for not only um, to distract Grindelwald, but also um, the venom. The venom of that swooping evil is pretty powerful, and it can be used to to erase memories. Yeah. And that's exactly what Newt does. So, I mean, Newt is so powerful because he, he knows about all these, you know, different properties, different things that they're... That the beasts can do so uh-huh. sweetie i'm gonna go ahead and do something already all okay, right okay i i so for folks that are listening to this project i have another project called up talking tolkien right it's a lord of the rings uh podcast and in that we're gonna eventually do a kind of like harry potter influences or lord of the rings influences you know back and forth because what you just brought up with newt newt being this wizard who is among the creatures and and sort of values the creatures right (laughs) it very much reminds me of radagast the brown and it reminds me of even when gandalf says that it's the small things Mm -hmm. it's those little things that make all the difference small acts of kindness and the things that people overlook and the creatures these fantastic creatures who are 
uh, innocence, just just living their their lives, doing their thing. People want to exterminate them. Even Tina is misguided and wants to exterminate these yep. creatures. Yep. And he sees the value in them, right? Grindelwald does not put stock in those types of creatures. He can't creatively think how they would be valuable. Now, something powerful like an obscurial or whatever, he's 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 all over it. Um, I think if he knew that he had that Thunderbird and what all what all maybe it could do, or some of these other things, if he could tame them, he would want to use them. But like. Newt doesn't want to use those creatures in that way, really. He wants right. to study them and learn and things like that, but he wants to protect them, preserve them, and take care of them. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. anyways, yeah, check out Up Talking Tolkien. We'll be, we're going to be doing, <laughs> Lottie's going to be over there, and we're going to be covering sort of a Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings crossover. And, and uh, if any of our friends from that project come over here, it'll be nice for them to hear that we're making those connections. So, yeah, um, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, to move on here just a little bit now, while the execution's going on, they all get in the case, right? So right. thankfully, Queenie was able to like go uh, here, get in the case. It's this really awesome moment. The, one of my favorite things was when Jacob is, she's trying to get in the door. And she's like, do you know any like fun, like, or not fun, do you know any, any, any like powerful spells to unlock doors or whatever? You know, she asked him about this or any, you wouldn't happen to know any, any right. of these things, right? And obviously he doesn't. Next thing you know, you cut back and he's just kicking the door down. Oh, because he's a nomad. <laughs> That's he, why you said that. I remember yeah. you saying that. I think I took some notes and I didn't even see it. You didn't see it, yeah. At that moment, and you were like, "He just kicked the door down." He just kicked it down. Yeah. So he's just like, and then and then she, her her eyes are like when he does it, she's like, "Okay," like you know what I mean? Ooh. Like, what's up? <laughs> and I think it's just like this is this is a guy who's just like, eh, I don't I don't need all that stuff, right? Yeah. You guys and your fancy magic, I just kick this thing down. Yeah. And that's what you don't expect. You rely so much on magic. Uh, something that Arthur Weasley is always amazed by, right? These these muggles, right? Their, yeah. their, their ingenuity, right? Yeah. The, the things they'll do. Oh, what um, would Arthur say about the internet and our technology uh, today? <laughs> who knows? It would probably, it probably is some form of magic. I don't even know myself. Yeah, true. So, uh, all right, though. So, yeah. So, they eventually get out. They're doing their thing. And this is when uh, Graves goes and speaks to Credence Barebone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just kind of about what's going on, the child, all these different things. So that's kind of an intense moment. And he gives him the little uh, kind of like necklace thing that he can touch, and it's the Deathly Hallows mm -hmm. symbol, right? Mm -hmm. He puts that on Creedence's neck, and I was like, wow. Like when you're first watching it, you're just like, okay, maybe there are more wizards obsessed with that. And then I guess if you're really paying attention, you would think, okay, Graves is working for Grindelwald. Yeah. And then when, when this being a rewatch, you're like, no, that is Grindelwald. And then you have this whole situation where Tina fights him later. And I'm, every time you see Graves fight somebody, you're like, that's a major duel right there. You know, Newt fights him. Tina fights him and holds yeah. her own more so. She's, yeah. she's, a, she's a big deal. They are, both of them. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and then what do you think about this? So there's a scene. It's, I think it's really beautiful. It's when they're on the roof and... Um, um jacob is talking about how his grand his grandfather like i don't know raised pigeons or whatever oh yeah and mm -hmm. and queenie's like yeah you know my, my grandpa he raised owls or whatever and this is kind of yeah. funny i mean know. they have a connection there even though they're from to two totally different worlds but they're like yeah. you know, bonding over the fact that their family was they were into birds and stuff yeah <laughs> Yeah. And so it's funny because their relationship's more, it's more obvious and we can see it more right. kind of, you know, coming, coming together. And you see Tina and Newt just standing beside each other kind of more stiffly, mm -hmm. more like, <laughs> you know, just a, just a cool thing. Um, some, some of the cool thing now, last time I brought up the x-ray stuff. So you just stop me, sweet, if there's anything that you want to 
talk about here that uh, jumps no, out sure. at you. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> so the producer, um, actually, like I guess in 2011, he had this whole idea of doing a a one-off fake documentary special featuring Newt in the style of documentaries by famous uh, naturalists. And so he had the likes of like Steve Irwin, uh, Jane Goodall, and some real life people who, and then you would have throw in there Newt Scamander. That's kind of a funny thing. And he thought that would be a cool way to maybe yeah. do something. So he shares that with a fellow producer um, and it gets back to J.K. Rowling and it's sort of an in, in inspiration, I guess, for Fantastic Beast. Uh, she already had different ideas, several stories in mind, and, and, uh, and all those cool things. But I thought it was pretty neat that, that this idea um, got to Joe, and then she kind of took it from there and, and you know, created yeah. it. So just kind of a thing. And it just pops up at the, in the x-ray. It pops up around an hour 16, and that's just when it pops up in the uh, uh, notes here. So uh here's another one too they just again these they could have dropped these earlier they just kind of spaced them out throughout the thing so uh let's see eddie yeah eddie redman who plays newt um actually auditioned for the tom riddle in i didn't know this i think uh, i maybe had heard neither. it but like yeah he auditioned for chamber of secrets tom riddle didn't get it wow yeah i mean now that he played Newt, it's really hard because Newt is just such a lovely character yeah. living in his own world, but super nice. Um, now it's hard to imagine, but I could see him as a Tom Riddle if he really, I mean. He's a skilled actor. He so is. He could, he so could definitely he, pull it off. Yeah, I would love to see him just do a, his own um, version of uh, Tom Riddle. Well, and the cool thing is that student Tom Riddle, who's not yet full-on Dark Lord or whatever, so right. is just kind of struggling with things. And Newt struggles with a lot, too, and he does a good job of yeah. sort of conveying being odd or being different <laughs> or not typical, right? You know, uh, his, his his classmates might call him odd or something, but really, he's, again, he's he's perfect. He's perfect just the way he is. Yeah. And that's what he sees, too, in, in the likes of... Tina and Lita Lestrange back in the day. And at the end of this, when he talks about people changing, it's just, it's great. Yeah. That's interesting though. We, I just had a thought, a random thought. Like we say, okay, Newt's perfect the way he is. And, and you know, he should embrace his, his character. But what we say, would we say the same thing about Tom Riddle? Mm. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I think we should say as long as you don't, hurt other people mm -hmm. or a f you know like as as long as it maybe the problem was that know. no one said that to him when he was at hogwarts oh you know what i mean maybe he didn't have somebody he had slughorn but maybe that wasn't the guy he needed maybe he needed somebody to believe and to see more in him yeah you know because again and guide him in to a different direction right it's a story and so we he, he turns into the villain and and then the likes of Harry, Ron, and Hermione have to deal with that villain. And that's yeah. what we get to experience in the Harry Potter saga. But I've always thought it's interesting to look at those villains and say, what happened to them? Yeah. You know? And and what was it along the way that you can learn that went wrong? Um, yeah. What were they missing? What were they... What I mean, was he was obviously missing, you know, the love of his parents. They're, they yeah. didn't have his parents, so... But Harry, also, Harry could have turned out... I mean, th that's what we see. I don't know. This is kind of off topic, but... That, that is what we see. Harry could have gone to Slytherin and could have gone a different, you know, route, down a different route. But he turned out 
totally different and and he lost his parents and he grew up in a for him terrible environment Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so that's just uh i don't know we'll have to do a whole special on tom riddle and what went wrong you know (laughs) Uh, we will thinking about that you know because you asked the same question we were over on uh one of my other projects as well and you said something about emperor palpatine you and these dark these dark lords these dark <laughs> these dark wizards you're always checking in to see are they okay <laughs> like it was it's, yeah, it's, yeah i care about everyone i know i want to know why i mean you're I, so sweet why, why did they become yeah why did they choose the the, the, the dark path side they chose. yeah i know <laughs> well now here's another interesting fella so you want to take us into this next sort of scene where you've got tina's informant Right. So <laughs> I love when, you know, they go, um, they try to find uh, that, that informant. Tina's like, uh, yeah, I know someone who could give us a hint about the Demi guys because she, they want to collect all the um, beasts because uh, Grave is actually, he's blaming it on, on Newt's beasts. And as long as they're out there, um, he will, he can just operate in the dark because everyone is just looking for, for Newt's beasts. So, um, she remembers an informant. His name is Narlac, and he is um, interesting. He is an American goblin gangster, according mm-hmm. to HarryPotter.fandom.com, um, and he ran the Blind Pig, uh, which is a magical speakeasy located at one. Tw- yeah, it doesn't matter where it's located, but um, and they go there to that well pub under kind of underground pub mm-hmm. thing um and it's so cute when the ladies get all dressed up <laughs> we get a shot of the guys uh nude and jacob and we see that nude he cast a little bow tie around his neck and you know and he's i i think it's kind of cool he's wearing that all the way until the end so after yeah. he cast oh, yeah, that he bow tie yes. we can see the um the last scene of him and tina saying goodbye he still has that Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Here's a little fact. So I still want to kind of, um, I'm always trying to drop a little American history for, for Lottie just to kind of help her uh, just a little bit in terms of, you know, because this is, this is interesting, I think, mm-hmm. for, for, for the show. So it's called a speakeasy uh, because of Prohibition uh, in the United States. Prohibition started in 1920, and it goes until 1933, so 13 years uh, Prohibition in the United States was a nationwide constitutional ban on the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages from oh, 1920 yeah. to 1933. Yeah. Right? Crazy. That was one yeah. of our amendments. Uh, it was just wild. That's interesting because I, um, when I was in Germany teaching English, we actually discussed um the ban of alcohol for a while in in the states yeah and they're like what what yeah i couldn't believe it it's crazy that's um, crazy but yeah that's interesting that's a total i mean that's uh here it is a totally different context probably mm-hmm. or is it well is it so the same? this is 1926 and so they're in the united states mm-hmm. and that's what this is so it's okay. a a speakeasy the blind pig was located in manhattan new york uh it's run by, as you said by narlac the the gangster and essentially it gets it's an underground sort of like knock on the door they're still mm-hmm. serving drinks now i don't okay. know whether or not the let's see the speakeasy was established it was an establishment that illegally served alcoholic beverages such establishments uh establishments <laughs> uh flourished during the prohibition era in the united states 
when selling, making, and transporting alcoholic beverages were against the law. So mm, okay. they're trying to kind of, you know, the, so oh, here we go. The American wizarding government did not enforce prohibition during the period in which the American nomad government did. However, there was at least one magical pub which was described as a speakeasy. So mm. it looks like they were still allowed to kind of, you know, they're part of essentially the wizarding world is still saying, no, we're good. We're not doing that stupid prohibition thing. And maybe that's how you get people who were doing undercover kind of speakeasies and mm -hmm. trying to get in places. I mean, if you're Narlac and you've got some regular old fashioned, you know, giggle water or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you want to send it off to the nomadges, make some money. So he's that kind of guy. Pretty cool. Yeah. And but, what's interesting about him, too, is I just read this, um, that he carried two wands and that's the whole a whole discussion in the harry potter series is that um the goblins are not allowed to have wands wow right that, so um house elves goblins they're all magical creatures but they always operate without wands and they're mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. non-wand holders right so why does he have two wands interesting yeah, that is interesting. And it's all um, it's unknown how he gained the ownership it says of such ones. So I mean he's a gangster, so Yeah. I guess so in the Lego Dimensions, um sort of he's he's in Lego Dimensions, the the, the Harry Potter Harry Potter part mm -hmm. or Fantastic Beast part. Mm -hmm. Um it's said that there's well, let me see here. On Rawlings official site after two thousand sixteen, after the redesign uh, it featured an image of a page from an early draft of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the original screenplay, with a deleted scene in which uh, Narlac mentions that he was from the old country, Great Britain, mm -hmm. like Newt Scamander, and that his whole family is with Gringotts in the treasure and curse business. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. There's just a, a, a reference back to a, kind of a tie back to the old country. Cool. So, that's, it. that's neat. Yeah. And yeah. then he... So he has some information about the demi guys, right? And he's like, "What can you pay me?" And Nude pulls out some um some money, some uh eggs, Ashwinder right. eggs. Um Yeah, is that what it was called? Ashwinder eggs? Yeah. How do you spell that? Uh it's A S H W I N D E R. Okay. Just like it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, what and he's are like, these? Eh, not really interested. Yeah, those aren't enough to kind of pull him over, right? So right. they're magical. It's a magical serpent which was born from the embers of an unattended magical fire. So the ash, the yeah, ash, ashwinder eggs were extremely hot and flammable, and if not frozen in time, they would light fire to the surrounding area. They were bright red, very valuable when frozen. That's crazy. I knew that, like I saw him pull those out and I'm like, what are those things? I have yeah. no idea what that what that is. Uh, okay, interesting. Right. So he does. That's what we basically learn is most people don't really know much about beasts and what they, you know, what they can do. See the connections here. Severus Snape had a whole bunch of them in his storage during the uh, during the 1989-1990 school year, and he's telling Filch and. Uh, Madam Madam Pence, let's see, one day that he had awoken to find Ashwinder eggs, Smirtlap tentacles, and Akami eggshells missing. Okay. 
This Interesting. Is cool. This is the, the things you learn here. Yeah. Wow. That is really cool. Just those little. This is in uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery Year Six. Yeah, Chapter Twenty Two, The Exchange Student. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Anyway, so yeah, that whole scene is is pretty neat. And uh, there's another great moment, another nomad moment where Jacob. Once this all breaks down, and it's finally you know you get Pickett. Uh, he hands him over. He wasn't going to. He was going to get him right back or whatever. Right. But they get the information. Uh, Jacob has this moment where he punches Narlac. Again, yeah. just like kicking down the door. He's just like, I got this, you know? Yep. And there's the moment, too, before, because I'm just a huge fan of Jacob. There's a moment uh, before where he's at the bar and he's drinking his, his giggle water. And uh, and it's just like Queenie comes over and he's talking about, she's like, she's like, are all no magic like you? Right? Oh, yeah. And like, nah, it's, it's, uh, you know. No. No. There's right? only one. It's just him. It's just funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, cool kind of moments there. But that was a cool whole scene. I remember after the scene was over, like there's singing going on. Uh, they're seeing there's a unicorn kind of uh, I don't know if it's Patronus or whatever it was that was bouncing around from the singer and she was you know singing doing her whole thing so it was a really cool cool scene I thought yeah underground I'm yeah. just amazed that Narlac would tell on them and he would risk I mean he he gives away his location of the the um the blind pig yeah to tell on Newt so they must have you know offered him a bunch of something money whatever he wants i don't know right he's right. interested in more than money i think but that is pretty interesting that it that is his um speakeasy yeah yeah well and it's cool too that this is tina's informant so she's gone to this guy before she says she's mm -hmm. arrested most of the people in here so tina's a big deal uh yeah. right and so it's also a big deal that she walks in here i don't think anyone would mess with her that's she has a quiet sort of presence and demeanor mm -hmm. about her but i feel like once once i saw her fight grindelwald i was like oh, uh yeah. no one's messing with her mm -hmm. you know what i mean like she she's she's a big deal and super strong and super powerful yes we always I, people like to rank wizards and who's more powerful who's stronger but she's an aura who just sort of messed up uh with the whole bare bone situation and right. it's it was like at the cost of risking um exposure or yeah exposing the wizarding world to the nomadges she gets in big trouble otherwise i don't think they i think she's a real asset to their team at makuza right oh yeah she is yep so yeah um okay what else you got there sweetie um so in the next when this whole scene is over um we go back to the barebone house right yeah and we see that the little girl, what was her name? Modesty. Modesty. Yeah. That she has a wand underneath her bed How and that Credence dare she? found it. And I'm like, where did she get that wand from? Is that a, do you think it's a real wand? I think it was a toy wand because she snaps it in half and you don't see any magical sparks or any like, you know, uh, right. like unicorn hair. You don't see any, anything. Good special. point. It just looks like wood snapped in half. Because I think she says it's just a toy and she's just playing. You know, you, you kind of yeah. understand the, the fascination of that. Like when your air quote mother has been telling you this whole time, uh, witches are bad and you're, you're always talking about it. You're, it's, you're obsessed with it in some weird way. It's almost like it's the opposite of what, Petu uh, what Petunia did. Right. Yeah. So P Petunia just like, no, I'm not even going to acknowledge it yeah. exists. Yeah. Not even not a thing. Go this complete extreme to just uh, get it out of her mind because she secretly wanted to be one. Yeah. Right. She wishes she would have got her letter. So yeah. I kind of feel like the same thing is going on here with this family. 
in that Mary Lou, uh, barebone, is maybe wanted like like is again shocked by yeah. it is sort of like whatever but there's something more to her and her understanding of this mm-hmm. she's either had an encounter mm-hmm. and felt like oh shoot like now i'm really scared because i don't have that power and there are individuals out there who could hurt me and i don't have it yeah who knows maybe you a know? person close to her was hurt through witches or wizards well and the cool thing is it looks like she does know credence's mother because she yeah. says she she talks about how evil, which is interesting an for evil, a theory later, right? An evil creature, an evil creature, um, and so and it's it's funny because Graves later says that he's a squib, right? Right. Shout out to squibs, by the way. I think you know Mrs. Fig, uh, wonderful <laughs> human being. So yeah. Anyway, but no, I I, I think that's uh, something. It's again the opposite. She becomes obsessed with this witches and wizards and the understanding of it because is mm-hmm. it because she really hates them or does she env- is there something there's something that that had, she's either scarred from it or yeah. she's fearful of it or maybe it started from a place of jealousy or whatever yeah but now the kids are becoming kind of obsessed with it and modesty is like now whittling a wand and making a wand mm-hmm. for fun because it's like that's all that's talked about in their house right you know yeah that's the other thing too is remember what you talk about in front of your your kids i mean if you if you talk about sports, they're going to talk about sports and be interested. Like kids are very um, easily influenced, right? Yeah. The, the mind is being shaped and stuff. They're just naturally curious most of the time. Yeah. And, and when you tell them that their whole lives, yeah, don't like magic is evil. Don't touch wands. Don't get involved with magic at right. all. They're get curious. They're like, so yeah, why what, is it so why? evil? Yeah. You yeah. don't, if you don't give them an explanation, they want to find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So it's yeah, it's something just to kind of keep in mind because they're coming to their parents for information. You know, that's that's their, that's who they're asking why to yeah. and and everything. So uh, okay, let's see. Yeah, after that, this is great. We go to Macy's. Yeah, the Macy's store, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, so we're in here with the demi guys, yep. which is such a cool creature. Yes, it is. Babysitting, just doing you know what, what's what's needed. And I thought that was just really kind of awesome. But because the whole thing is he has this ability where he can kind of see the future just a little bit, just, yeah. just a few minutes ahead. Right. That's and, and that's I mean, that's incredible. And he looks like a I mean, he has the look of a cute but like a wise old creature, you know. Did you just describe me? <laughs> what the? Do I look like that, Demi guys? <laughs> I mean, there uh, there are they may be some similarities. Some similarities, <laughs> yeah. You you like sloths, don't you? They're cute. sloths are cute, right? Yeah. I mean, most yeah, but like the, he looks like um true like a sloth. But is a this bit. a demi? Hold on, is this demi guy's uh? Let me see. Yeah, either way, the demi guy's looks like a sloth. Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, so yeah, and it's just got cool. His name is Dougal. Dougal. Okay, let's see. Yeah, Dougal the the demi guys here. Yeah, just really cool. And he says it's really difficult to capture one of them, or not capture, but to to catch one. Yeah, and they're pretty peaceful, but they turn invisible when threatened. Mm-hmm. So normally you can see them if they feel comfortable, if they feel good, you can see them, but they turn invisible Yeah, yeah. when threatened. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so, so Dougal um, is actually taking care of the young uh, Akami uh, that's, that we're going to find. Okay, that's cool. Um. Yeah, and they so let's let's actually move on to the um the Akami. Am yeah. I saying that right? 
Okami. I don't know. Okami? Okami. Yeah, something like that. It's so... I think it's such a beautiful creature. I love the colors. Mm -hmm. It just looks like a, you know, like a big mix of a snake, dragon, rainbow. Yeah. I don't know. Cute. Beautiful. Has a beak and everything. It's, It's just a beautiful creature. And the cool thing is it kind of the size can change because it will fill out the space yeah in which which i don't fully understand because then when uh newt maybe that magic doesn't really work in newt's suitcase i don't know because when he's down in his suitcase he just carries one of the okamis back to the okami like their little nest right and the nest is obviously it's the suitcase the nest is bigger yeah why yeah. are you smiling like I'm, that? I'm just well. Sorry, you know that's a great. That's I love the 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 deep and sweaty where in which you, you your mind goes to because it's just it's awesome. Because uh, likewise in the Harry Potter dot fandom, you know the wiki, mm-hmm. they ask certain questions. Like they are kind of asking the question: mm-hmm. Is given its snake like appearance, can it also speak parcel oh. tongue? Can it? They don't know, right? It's currently unknown. There's no reason to say that other than like the author of this article clearly thought. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if this creature could speak parcel tongue or understand of, it. Yeah. Sometimes you maybe yeah. can't speak it, but it's, you know, like Dutch and German are pretty close. So I could probably understand part parts of like when somebody speaks Dutch. Yeah. But I couldn't speak it, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, though. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was kind of If cool. there's different dialects of parcel tongue. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I would say so. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, cool moment, Jake. Oh, I wouldn't know what to mention. So Jacob has the most again non magic moment yeah. where he he gets the cockroach or whatever, <laughs> and it's the it is the cockroach throw of all throws. It is right, sweetie. This is like across the room. Where was the, where were the magic wands? You've got all these different magic users in there. I know, and right? Nobody's <laughs> just saying like you know Accio. Hey Muggle, can you please like throw the cockroach? Right. Across the like room and catch it in a teapot. Twenty meters. <laughs> it was it was really actually kind yeah. of kind of cool. It is, um, yeah. And I, I mean, it's clearly a scene to, you know, for the cinematic effect yeah. and everything. But because you're fun. kind of wondering, like, yeah, you can. They all can use magic. You can totally just. Well, and it's realistic still because of the chaos that this creature is causing. Just yeah. Just, it's it's like now insects are stirring up and they're running around and this this creature is like you know freaking out and yeah. everything. So, uh, I love that that the demi guys that Dougal jumps on Jacob. Right? Yeah, he holds and, on to Jacob. Uh, yeah, he knew he was gonna do that. You see that in his um, yeah, vision. In his vision, right before everything happens, he's like, and "I'm gonna hold on to that guy." And doesn't that tell you something too? You wonder again. This is this is a magical creature. We know mm-hmm. Jacob gets a wand later on for some reason. Yeah. But like, is it? There's something you, you can trust him. There's there's something about yeah. him that's really uh, trustworthy, calming, and just just good. He's yeah. all around good. Newt sees that, and it's just. Uh, yeah it's great it's a pretty cool the moment. moment where he's holding the cockroach and he's gonna throw it and uh the akami's staring at him or whatever yeah. it looks like a cat that's like staring at something that it's about to pounce on that it's about to go yeah. get yeah and so it's got True. that like cat sort of feature <laughs> or pose i guess you know so anyway just a, just a cool scene right and then uh i guess to move us along here what, what do you have next week we're gonna get inside the case yeah, they managed to um, shrink the Okami and go back in Nude's case and, and put it back in the Okami nest, right? And then we see a little scene between Queenie and Newt. 
And Queenie found that picture of a lady mm-hmm. in Newt's suitcase. Yeah, Lita Lestrange. Lita Lestrange. And right. Newt's like, you know, kindly saying, please, you know, stop. Please stop reading my mind. Please don't. Yeah. You know, and it's his obviously his uh, feelings were hurt at some point with Lita. And we learned that in the next movie. Right. We learned the background story about them, which is interesting because sometimes in the movie you're like, oh, yeah, that's his true first love and they're going to get back together. But in this story, no, no, he realizes Lita was not his true love. Mm -hmm. Um, Lita was meant for his brother, even though they had a special connection. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, the the thing is, too, what I find interesting is um, he said something right before this here. Let me get back up here. She says, people are easiest to read when they're hurting, which is mm-hmm. one of our quotes, right? Um, he said it was a long time ago. And let's see if it pops up here. They talk about change, right? That you, mm-hmm. people change yeah. over, over time. So, yeah, it was a real close friendship that you had at school. And... Uh, yeah, neither, neither of us really fit in at school. But he does talk about them changing and kind of um, – I think it's a cool thing to remember because I think we think, okay, just because we had this thing or this friend or this person or this experience or whatever in life that we can't change our minds or whatever. Yeah. Like people people feel like they – once you commit to something, you have to sort of say, no, my mind's fixed and it's always going to mm-hmm. stay there or I'm always going to stay close with this person or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, she changed, I changed, just whatever. Yeah. It's all about life and growing up and going your own way and doing your own thing. Right. Um, it's part of his past, but and maybe he was hurt by it. Now we learn in the next film that his brother uh, yeah. is with her, and so it's a even weirder kind of dynamic, and you understand right. why it's still maybe on his mind and, and everything and maybe why he carries that photo around. I don't yeah. know. But he has changed himself, and... Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Right. I think and it's okay. And if both people are not committed to change together and let the other person in on the change, right. then that's the you know, the death sentence for for the relationship because then you you change on your own, you go a different path and you don't take your partner with you or you know, the people that are close to you. You, t- you don't take them with you on that journey. Um and this is what initially makes you feel um like a stranger to that person. Yeah. And what interesting what Queenie says, by the way, I think Queenie is a little bit very nosy here. And and I know she has um, right. just Nude's best interest in mind, but it's a little disrespectful. Nude repeats it twice. Please don't like, I don't want you to. Right. You know, don't do that. Yeah. Um, read my mind. And she probably sees everything that, you know, all his memories about, about Lita, um, that are crossing his mind at that moment because she says uh, she's a taker and how's how how can she how could she tell she d- she's never met Lita she read it in uh, Newt's mind mm-hmm. she's a taker you need you need to give her you're yeah. a giver yourself and exactly. you need to give her yeah yeah so her intentions are good but also at the same time it was a private thought you know mm-hmm. yeah same yeah. sort of thing she probably struggles with that because it's just naturally coming right. to her and it's a part of who she is so it's, right. it's definitely um, yeah interesting. Yep. And then can we give a big shout out to Frank? Because <laughs> uh, yes. that's what jars them all out of this conversation. They talk about <laughs> Ilvermorny and they, it's, it, is it, uh, is it Hogwarts or is it hogwash, you know? Um, but, uh, <laughs> but then old Frank just takes to the skies and starts flapping uh, his wings and, and he senses danger, danger. Wow. The trolley witch is back. <laughs> We're caffeine here. Uh, 
So, so I thought that was pretty cool because now, like, it's multiple times you brought up the Thunderbird, it being tied to America, what it can do, that mm-hmm. it changes the weather, that it can kind of, uh, uh, the, I actually have a cool x-ray thing later we'll talk about mm-hmm. the Thunderbird at the end of the film just to kind of see how that, how that ties into how they obliviate mm. the entire town, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. all right, what do you got next? Yeah, I, just uh, on that note, um, yeah, they have their, it's cool because you feel like Newt's suitcase is its own little world and yeah. you, you feel safe in there and you could forget everything. Like, I bet you that Newt, he's probably spent days and days in his suitcase forgetting about the world. Mm-hmm. And he's just in his own world taking care of his, his um creatures and right and then they get reminded hey there's something big going on there's danger um around us we have to get moving right and then um yeah we get the cut back to graves who's you know initially he's grendelwald and uh he is at the barebone house and he we've seen it uh multiple times now he is using credence he wants to find um the obscurial right um the host and he cannot so to him it's like yeah it can't be credence obviously he's way too old he, mm-hmm. we all know that um the obscurus wouldn't survive or the obscurial i'm sorry yeah would not survive that long um so i think it is pretty interesting when grinnewald realizes credence seems to be useless he he totally like um, switches gear. He shows his real face, um, and it totally backfires on him. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I want to make a connection here to Voldemort because him underestimating people and not caring about them and not seeing who they are, that backfires on him too. He, yeah. he totally ignores the power of love and that everyone needs love and he just doesn't he just wants to use people and doesn't see them for who they are and yeah that um that's a big flaw where they don't care about people yeah yeah so i guess where i I thought you were going with so like to me it's an eye-opening moment and that Mm -hmm. and if you're credence you don't that should be something that sticks with him later on right this guy just wanted to use me for information and he didn't really care about me he dismissed me until he found out how powerful i am um, so yeah, it's a major flaw in yeah. in Grindelwald and, and in Voldemort. They they don't appreciate though. It's a strength for the likes of um, Dumbledore and Gandalf and other wizards mm-hmm. and other guides by the side that we you see more value in people and everything yeah. and everyone. You you try to find where um, its strengths or, or what what it can add to right. And, and if it if it not yeah not for your own gain or whatever, just recognizing that people are people and you know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's why I kind of, I make the joke that you shout out squibs, but I mean, they're. Yeah. And you, you never know how p- powerful people are. And you, you keep saying Jacob, he, he does his part. I know. He Jacob's awesome. So helpful. And, um, yeah, I mean, I probably Grindelwald and Voldemort would argue, no, that's a weakness because they use relationships and bonds to, um, again, like blackmail and threaten people. Right. You know, if I take your sister, um, I know you're going to come to me. Or if I take the people you love, he knows Harry's going to come to him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, yeah, again, this, this whole, I just think, too, when you're in this next movie, like, if you're 
Creedence. Like, can't you remember that? Can't you see the difference between Dumbledore and Grindelwald? Like, yeah. someone who took advantage of you and just wants to use you for your power? I, I just feel like... He's just blind um, with rage right now. Yeah. He doesn't know who he is. Um, he, Trying to find belonging yeah. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, interesting x-ray here. I want to bring this up. So, uh, Eddie... Eddie Redman actually filmed a scene where he was a shirtless Newt Scamander, which showed off all of his scars he had collected on his body during his work with dangerous animals. Um, he had worked out considerably for before filming, so he was ready for the scene just for that one scene. However, unfortunately for him, the scene was deleted from the final print. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's during this whole fight where he where he's fighting uh Grindelwald and yeah. he's these uh, Tina's fight dueling him as well and they're going in after Credence and everything are you saying he was like working out for weeks for that scene and then they didn't even include didn't that? use it <gasps> didn't use it wow yeah still got a great workout in um <laughs> but yeah I guess he had uh that would have been interesting to see though that he gets cut up scarred and uh, you imagine yeah. his work is dangerous and he has he's dealing with these um these these creatures that probably have been they're used to wizards hunting them down and killing them. They're not used to right. someone like Newt Scamander coming in and, and, yeah. and trying to be their friend and, and save them. Right, and stuff, he has so. to win their trust first. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, um, speaking about people and yeah. their power, <laughs> when it comes down to, you know, uh, the whole scene, Credence goes nuts. He just wants to hurt people right now. He doesn't care. He loses his mind. And the Obscurus goes crazy in the city. Yeah. He destroys half of the city. All the muggles can see it. Right. Um, and Graves and also Newt and Tina, they got alerted and Queenie um, that something's wrong. And they all have to go um, to save Credence. And um, Tina is dueling Grindelwald for a mo I mean Graves but really Grindelwald for a moment right she says to Newt save him she tells Newt to go and save him right and then she's gonna like I'll take on Graves yeah so Mr. Graves boom she fires a shot at him and they're just dueling away here in the street and it's really cool it's just like electrical like the like the connection that they have between their wands mm -hmm. is so different than what you saw it's more of a white almost like lightning connection between their yeah. wands as they're dueling it's pretty cool uh, yeah I, I thought it was really really neat and, and kind of different um and you wonder if, has magic evolved more or or what it was just just cool but she holds her own big time you know right she does so it's not like you know graves just blast her out of the way no mm -mm. no he says tina you're always turning up where you're least wanted mm -hmm. oh gosh yeah, that's mean <laughs> he's trying to get i think again he, he is so, Grindelwald shows in the next movie that it's it's his his uh, his way with words, yeah. that he can actually use to kind of affect you, put you kind of off balance, right? Yeah. And and so he's even trying to get to her emotionally here. That's another tactic. It's not just his powers; it's his words. He's a manipulator. Yes, yeah. and he's again he's trying to stir up people with his words and his cause and yeah. and his his he's probably a good speaker. You know, it reminds me mm -hmm. of actually Wormtongue in um, Lord of the Rings. And him kind of poisoning King Theoden. Yeah. So this is the the and, With words. And, yeah, words are powerful too. Right. Right. So again, it's just one of those moments where he's doing that, and you can kind of see her waver just a little bit. Then he tosses the car at her, and uh, she's got to like jump back. So. Right. Yeah. Just like. Awesome. Also, yeah. she's wearing a locket. I've been trying to look at this and trying to get a closer look at what is she's she? wearing. She is wearing some kind of locket that looks a lot like. 
the no yeah i don't know what kind of lock what it is though but it's you know what i mean so let me look it up real quick and see if there's anything on it while you drive us on to the next part because the next is makuza madame pickery is like looking at this map which is really cool it's like lighting up of it's, Manhattan. yeah it looks to- it's it looks really cool and she sees that something's up and she's like hey I need your help. You you got to fix this because we're about to be exposed to the entire muggle world. Right. Um, so then, you know, Credence has his tantrum and he goes down a subway station because he just needs a break from everything and he just wants to get away. And uh, I was first thought was, why does he go down that subway station? But that's where, I mean, it offers protection. It offers um, safety a little bit of warmth, you know, um, and he just tries to hide for a moment because he's confused, he's torn, um, so he goes down there, and um, Grindelwald, aka Graves, follows him as well as uh, Newt. Newt is actually the first one who follows him, um, and he's trying to get to him. He's trying to talk to him and tell him, "Hey, I've met someone just like you." Yeah. Yeah. And um we're trying we're, we're here to help you. We're trying to help you. Um and we see that Credence is calmer in 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 Nude's presence. Right. But unfortunately then um Graves uh gets, yeah, gets in, in there and in starts the way and yeah, starts talking to Credence too and Credence is confused again and he doesn't know what to do and um we see the whole uh the Makuza workers they're uh protecting the area. They know right now the muggles outside the protection spells. They they see, they've seen so much, but right now what we're trying to do is prevent that more muggles can get in um and go down the subway station. So they're um casting all these protective spells. Right. And Tina, <laughs> pretty cool move here if she does that one of the uh James Bond worthy yeah right, dives right. to get tuck and um, roll right yeah. to get uh, under the protection spell too yeah right and, and it's actually her i mean at the end it's so important because it's her relationship to credence that saves everyone right isn't it yeah i mean she's she's basically telling him this is not you she's telling him to calm down by the way there's a great shot she's like don't do this um it's at one one forty five and you can actually see her necklace here um okay. her pendant and I know, there's no mention as to what's inside of it or what it is but it's a big sort of like oval egg shell okay. and i just the reason i bring it up is because again grindelwald gave credence one with the deathly hallows these little things like a part of your character costume i think they matter and they could hold little mm-hmm. secrets you know yes uh we're, we're gonna talk about a theory here in a second so it's interesting and and the actress wanted it in the next film didn't really use it didn't have a need for it i guess and it didn't show up as much in the next film but i wonder if we'll see it again because it seems really important and it's a big part of her costume so yeah and it's a locket that can be opened and there's something inside hmm. of it so just kind of cool but yeah she's saying don't do this and does sort of calm him down uh but ultimately makuza shows up and they just they they destroy we believe the the obscural right they 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 basically destroy uh credence but they don't yeah there's still wisps of him there's yep. still something left over which makes you wonder um, like um is is Voldemort gonna come back <laughs> yeah so we right like like how do you destroy 
something like this. No, just a, yeah, you know. the image of how Voldemort was destroyed at the end of the movie. Right, with all the wisps. <laughs> with of, all the, yeah, yeah, just yeah. fading away. It was crazy. Yeah, pe- people made fun of that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, also, cool one to mention. Uh, let's see if we can get to her. One of the auras that shows up, you and I watched The Expanse. Yes. And I thought this was cool. She is, I think, aura number one. Um, let me find her real quick here. And she's like the lead. Yeah, Dominic. Um, oh, lost her name. But anyway, she's standing right behind Madame Pickery. And I just thought, I, I looked, I was like, I know that face. And I was just like kind of blown away that she was that she was there. Yeah. So I'm hoping we see her again because she. I don't know if she was a big movie star at the time or if that was something that kind of... Uh, you know came up later but they have all the it's it's so cool again if you don't have, if you haven't had a chance to check out the amazon x-ray feature it shows you all of these actors and um their names and everything it's just really really cool that so. is pretty cool that you spotted that did you did you see that in the movie you were like oh i know this act no actress? no it, it, it was it was afterwards and i again i okay. didn't even know and so i started watching the expanse not too long ago mm-hmm. um and so then just to see her there so I, that's what i was saying i don't know if she had started in the expanse yet or not i had to look at the dates and all that kind of stuff but um yeah it's just really i think the first um the first dominique season tipper is her name first season of the expanse was filmed pretty early okay um i have some more general trivia here too so we're right at the end of the film where basically grindelwald is is sort of revealed it's it's revealed like uh the swooping evil is used by newt as we said earlier and it's it's just kind of a cool cool moment where where he is all is sort of forgiven to to tina and and newt and newt's going to help them kind of obliviate a whole town i think madame pickery is sort of like uh shoot we've messed up you know like we weren't able to kind of contain mm-hmm. this and it's, it's bad yep and uh, um by the way i thought that was a pretty cool idea uh with the thunderbird frank and um that's by the way that's the the swooping evils venom they use here uh to produce the rain and nude explains to us it's really really strong so that would it, it's strong enough to obliviate this whole city and I was like, hmm, cool idea, but some some of the people, you know, they might have gone home and inside and not touched by the raindrops at all. But then uh, the next scene shows us the solution because the it's in the city water system. Mm-hmm. We see they drink water, they take showers, they brush their teeth. So everyone is exposed to water at some point in the city and they're all obliviated through the water system. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. So it's Frank again. Shout out to him. This giant um, hawk-like bird that shows uh, that he shows to Jacob right while he's, while he's touring the little menagerie there. Um, it's a thunderbird, and thunderbirds are mythical birds that create and are summoned by lightning in Native American folklore. So this mm-hmm. explains how Frank is summoned uh, in his first appearance in the movie. And how he flies into the storm during the climax. So, like he, he's a part of either he's either, it's it's either he's creating it or he's summoned by it or whatever. He has some sort of connection with storms and thunder and lightning. Yeah, and he's a, he's a thunderbird. So yeah. that was kind of cool. And it's it's in Native and he American folk. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. I just wondered. There must be another, you know, a little bit more magic because it's instant that the rain somehow gets into the water system mm-hmm. and my computer is gonna die in 15 minutes <laughs> okay well um yeah uh well that's all right we're right at the end of the show here right. and so 
Uh, the cool thing is, so after that happens, like th- this was, and you'll remember this, this is the part where you actually, cr- we, this is a rewatch and you still cried at the end of this movie. Oh, I did. And yeah. I almost did too. It's such a it's sad just, thing because like yeah. Jacob's crying, Newt's crying, and he's like, hey, why did you keep me around, Newt? Right? <laughs> and Newt instantly is like, because I like you. You know? And you're a friend. <sighs> because you're, you're my friend. friend. <laughs> And it was just so good. And I'll never forget how you helped me, Jacob. Yeah. And I think, I think Newt just d- doesn't have many friends, you know? And yeah. It's just, Newt is just such a He's like, people like you. Yeah. character. And, and he, yeah, he kind of has to, he knows he's different. Right. And a lot of people didn't really accept, accept him the way he is. But he, yeah. he just felt, you know, good and accepted in, in, in Jacob's presence and they yeah it's just so cool i the know end. and and when he uh shows up to help jacob out of the to get out of the factory that's so sweet i know it is uh, yeah the, their relation it's it's cool because there's a full callback to the whole switching of the suitcases and he drops a new yeah. one for him and takes his and stuff and it's just really uh really great and gives him his um sort of uh collateral or whatever for for the bank loan that he needs for the bakery. And then Queenie too, right here at the end, he's like, he's like, ah, don't worry. There's, there's loads like me. And she's like, no, no. Yeah. Right. There's only one like you. Yeah. And it's just so great. And he starts crying and then he steps back into the rain and it's just like, it's all gone. Oh, uh, I got to go. He says, mm-hmm. so just, just cool. Uh, the conversation between Newt and, uh, Tina is also great. Yeah. Right. Um, just, just wonderful. And I, you said this, we're glad they don't kiss right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Newt. That's not who. No. That's not. Yeah. He's very, you know, um, to him, he's he's kind of flirting. When he tries to flirt later and he talks <laughs> to Jacob in the next film about like what he should say, it's just so uh, different. It's just not yeah. what you're used to. It's not the typical yeah. way you would, uh, but you want to be yourself. And I love right. that he is a character who is himself and he, he just knows. Even though he struggles with it a little bit. Right. And, and he, I, I bet that's the. The thing with Lita, he probably was fond of her um, for a bit, and he didn't know how to, you know, how to communicate that. Um, yeah. And 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 that's why he he doesn't want to mess it up with Tina. No, he does not. He does not. Can I say though? This is the, we all kind of know where this is going, but like, so on her Twitter, um, J.K. Rowling actually confirmed this was back in 2015. And again, this is all in the X-ray uh, stuff here, but that Tina is short for is it is it portina porpentina porpentina mm-hmm. and uh let's see oh shoot that they have uh the, yeah that they now live in dorset with his wife uh porpentina and their pet measles hoppy oh. millie and mauler <laughs> right i want a pet <laughs> i know that is so awesome i know i know i knew you'd like that oh. it's so great you've been trying to get us to adopt that little kitty cat at my dad's yeah so anyway um yeah so he's gonna bring his book back and and personally give tina a copy he goes away he struggles so much going on and off and everything and it's just like he touches her hair and pulls her hair back a little bit and um and that's crazy you know we're we are an international couple yeah and we know what it feels like to say no i know and for us it's like at the airport yes you fly you're you're um you've probably uh about 15 hours so you, you have to change flights if you want to go from 
you know, the States, Germany, there's direct flights, but not really where we live. So we have to change flights. So it's about 15 to 16 hours of traveling. For them, it's like, what, one or two weeks? Because he has to take the muggle, the, the, the boat, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. You can't yeah. just apparate. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know how that works. Um, I so, will say something. You want, you want to know something really interesting? Uh, yeah. I just found this out, and I know you'll like this. I don't know if it's true or not, but one of the extras, I think walking past Kowalski's quality baked goods is the actress that plays Edith Crawley. No. I'm pretty daggone sure that's her. In the next movie? Wait. No, no, no. In this movie right here, she's 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 just an extra walking by. What? Yeah, I have it pulled up here on the screen. It's um Okay, I got to see this. It's 2 minutes and or I'm sorry, 2 hours and 3 minutes and then 7 seconds is where she kind of comes across. And so if you want, sweetie, like right here. Oh my. Isn't that crazy? Because we're a huge fans of Downton Abbey. Let me, let me go back <laughs> 10 seconds. I'll play it for you. That Just watch from so the right cool. of the screen. So we're going into this scene where we're going to his bakery. And boom, right over here. Wow. Does that not look just like her? Oh. But you don't know if it's her? No, I don't know. I don't oh, know. I'm just okay. thinking it could be. It could be. Okay. I thought you were, you know. I think oh, it's her. Okay. I think it's her. So anyway. Just kind of a cool thing. We're, uh, we're trying to like, you know, micro analyze this. Th oh, she walks by again. <laughs> wow. I love looking at the extras. I have a friend oh, yeah. um, who does some extra work up in Cleveland and is, is on has been on films. And it's just because there's so many people walking, walking by. It's just it's, that's her. One hundred percent. That's her. Can you please confirm that for us? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, but that's the end there, and this is when Queenie kind of comes in. You see all the different creations, right, for the bakery and the different baked goods and all yeah. those those uh, fantastic creatures that we see. Yeah. So, yeah, just awesome. And that's pretty much the end of the film. Yeah, and I got to say, to summarize, um, yeah, my thoughts about the film is I know a lot of people are not huge fans, of, the, but the first movie – it's really good. And I, I said it at the beginning when we um, started with part one. For me, it was really the the rewatches that did it for me. Mm -hmm. Because the first time I remember, I, I'm that type of person who just watches a movie, but I miss a lot of things. I don't know. Why, I've, I don't, I have no clue, but it's almost like, you know, a teacher. As a teacher, you're trying to plan your lesson mm -hmm. and you have an exact idea in your head how you want to present the information to your students, how you want to talk about them. And this whole time you're assuming your students are going to be paying attention <laughs> to what you're saying, right? And that's right. the filmmakers are hoping you're paying attention, but sometimes, you know, if, if you're watching a two hour movie, you, maybe you just, you just, you're just thinking about the last scene for a little bit and you miss something. Right. And that's me. I, I miss a lot of things. And I, I'm like, Hey, sweetie, did you notice that? And like, you know, it's a third time watching it. And you're like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, eh, okay, okay. Well, no, yeah. It's just, it just, <laughs> it just people, you know, like, like people notice different things or some things yeah. that people will point out to me that I'm like, ah, what? I had no idea that was in there. So, it's cool because I really like going into films and looking at them and trying to see them from different angles and figure out yeah. like, you know, uh, I don't know, just sort of where uh, like the cameos and the Easter eggs and all that stuff. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I'll have to get back to you guys on the whole um, Laura Carmichael 
cameo there. Not sure, but I think that we might have had a cameo there. <laughs> I have to watch to see if we can get all over social media and tweet at her or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think it's time to move on to the to the theory. It is uh, right? theory time, sweetie. Yeah. So Give this, us the this is big cool. theory about Porpentina. Yeah. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently Porpentina Goldstein. Yeah. Uh, so Tina Goldstein and and Credence Goldstein. Are you ready for this one? Uh, yes. You heard me right. Credence Goldstein, Tina Goldstein, or maybe they both have a different last name. I don't know. All right. Uh, this theory came out. This I'm going to give credit here to this individual. So this is, um, ooh, God. The user's name is Cereza, Cereza, Cereza Queenie. Cereza. <laughs> no idea. Real yeah. close to that. Uh, yeah. And this was about two years ago. Fantastic Beast fan theory regarding Credence and Tina. Uh, I've seen this theory on Twitter, and it actually makes sense. So I'm going to share it. You can read it here. Um, it's Spanish, but I took the liberty of translating the theory. So here we go. Fantastic Beast Theory. Is it possible that Credence, ba uh, Credence Barebone is not Albus Dumbledore's brother, but Porpentina Goldstein's brother? To begin, I want to tell you that this theory is something that we have discussed with the uh, administrators of this account, uh, among many of the theories that we have, and that it emerged in a chat group talking with other fans of the Fantastic Beast saga. So great context. You got fans who are kind of, you know, really into this idea of, um, you know, who is Credence and, yeah. and how is he maybe possibly tied to, to Tina. So therefore, I know that this theory may sound far-fetched. We thought so in the beginning, but the more we looked for information about it, the more details we found that seemed too on the nose. So let's start with Creedence Barebone. Originally, it was believed that this character was much younger than the protagonist, Quartet. But after his adoption certificate was made public, we were able to know his true date of birth, cited as November 9, 1904. And so we've got some images that you guys can kind of look at. We'll post those over on the YouTube edition. But yeah, November 9th, 1904. So this would make him 22 years old by 1926 when the first movie is set. His adoption certificate is the paper that Credence finds at his house the day after his first Obscurus transformation in a deleted scene which motivates his search for his true family. Now, let's go to what Dumbledore told Newt about Credence. Quote, I know this, an Obscurus grows in the absence of love as a dark twin, an only friend. If Credence has a real brother or sister out there who can take its place, he might yet be saved. So that was the whole arc, right, sweetie? In the, in the next mm -hmm. movie, there's this whole idea as to who is Credence and is he somehow related to the, to the Lestrange family and, and Lita and all of her kind of woe and, and everything that happens there. So Dumbledore seems to be talking about the fact that if Credence had an actual brother or sister, someone who could really love him, he could save himself from his obscurial condition, which could lead him to what uh, that condition could lead to his death uh, and is actually a rare thing to mention considering the end of the movie. So it's just kind of odd, I guess, that he does mention this this whole bit that he could be cured from. Uh, love that came from either a brother or a sister. Right, there must be any kind of connection in, yeah, this theory as yeah. into the um, um, the thought that Tina might be that sibling. Right, yep, so that's where we're going with this. Um, 
And this fact, although overlooked because Dumbledore uses the word dark twin, which is quite confusing by itself, gives us the idea that he could be aware that Credence has a living brother, although he is not necessarily talking about himself. Which brings us to the next point. Credence was not born on the date it says in, uh, or the date it says its adoption on the adoption certificate. And again, this was translated. Um, Right. If we move to the mausoleum scene where Lita tells us the story about how she, about about how he switched his brother Corvus with the baby uh, that turned out to be Credence, we have one more clue. So according to the screenplay, the ship uh, where these events occur was sailing in 1901, which is why Credence, being about the same age as the baby Corvus, who was recently born, should have been more more recently as well. All right, so again, let me scroll on down here. So this leads us to a to, to recalculate Credence's age. If he was born in 1901, by 1926, his age would be about 25 years old, only four years younger uh, than Lita and Newt. Another important fact is that the woman he was traveling with was not his mother, if not his aunt, also according to the screenplay. So what does this mean? Well, coincidentally, there is another character who was also born at the same year and is someone we know a lot. Uh, but maybe not so much. Uh, Porpentina Goldstein. Mm-hmm. According to her Makuza identification card, Tina Goldstein was born in on August 19th, uh, 1901, which would make her and Credence the same age. We have several reasons to think that these two characters could be, uh, yeah, brother and sister. Yeah. Right? Or even twins, possibly. So first, Tina and Queenie don't look alike. Neither their physical appearances, nor their eye color, nor their... Uh, color of hair or the fact that one has curly and the other does not Mm -hmm. and we know that this is only circumstantial data but let's take a closer look at their mother so this is the scene where uh, tina is about to be executed the cast the memory Mm -hmm. of her mother into the pool of water right and uh, when tina is about to be sentenced to death we see her memories from her parents and in these scenes we see her mother who is very similar to queenie although she doesn't have much resemblance to tina also, the fact that Tina and Credence are quite similar. Mm. Pale, straight black hair, dark eyes, similar features. Even Credence's aunt, uh, we see in the second movie, is also quite similar to Tina. Uh, in addition, Tina feels a certain attraction to Credence, even though she doesn't really know him. It's like she has an instinct to protect him, and the compassion yeah. she felt for him led her to risk her own career yeah. in the second film, embark on a trip to Paris to find him. That's kind huge. Of a big deal. Yeah. Right? And that's the whole thing. She's kicked out of the, the Inquisitor's sort of like squad yeah. because she, uh, our investigation team, because of because of uh, all this stuff with the second Salemers. Yeah. And because of, of Credence. Yeah. And I think that's huge. It's um, that they chose two actresses that look really different Mm -hmm. so queenie i think is a little bit taller she's got blonde hair blue eyes i think blue eyes um curly hair and it's completely different from tina's um features so yeah that i mean um that price that's a huge thing but the the when they talk about tina risking everything for credence right. and they mention it they don't she doesn't really know him and i'm like it's that's what caught me when she was about to die and her last thing the last thing she would have seen was credence hugging him and mm-hmm. and that lady barebone yeah um was one of her probably strongest memories right so 
why was that some of the yeah why was that a memory that we were looking at you know what i mean it wasn't just about like a part of the mystery as to why she's she's kicked out of the investigation team yeah it's a strong enough memory because there's something else going on between tina and credence right there's there's some pull magical or instinct or something that is pulling her towards him so So there we go. Yeah. Uh, The theory then is that Credence and Tina are twins and they are from Europe. They arrive at the U.S. on the boat uh, where Alita and Corvus were traveling for unknown reasons. Credence was in her aunt's cabin while Tina was in another cabin with his mother and father or both. When the ship sank, Credence's aunt died trying to rescue baby Corvus while Alita had accidentally saved Credence's life. Whoever was traveling with Tina did not survive the shipwreck either, but Tina did. Once in the United States, Tina is adopted by the Goldstein marriage as her own daughter and for credence. Uh, We already know that he ended up with Mary Lou Barebone, right? Mm -hmm. Another option is that the Goldstein marriage would have been uh, traveling on that ship with baby Tina and baby credence and also with an aunt. So what could have happened is that the Goldstein considered their son deceased in the wreck and they had never told Tina that she had a twin. So reasons to dismiss this theory are many, but let's remember three things. In Tina's uh, biography, it says she has, quote, at least a sister. Interesting. At least a sister named Queenie. The reason for this is the fact that in the future, a character named Anthony Goldstein appears, who is confirmed by Rawling as a very distant relative Hmm. of the sisters, and by bearing the family name and being uh, the only Goldstein we know up until now, there may be a third brother who can pass the name to future generations, which is why I brought that up all in the beginning, yeah. is like, how do you continue to carry on that name? So Dumbledore suggests that Credence could have a brother and that it would be the key to his salvation. In the same way, he suggests to Lita that Uh, confession is a relief, I'm told, a great weight lifted, as if he knew what she had done to Corvus. In general, he usually knows much more than he says, so he could know more about Credence's origins than he Mm -hmm. appears to let on. Uh, Point number three here, and that was point number two, point number three, Rawling usually plans um, her stories very well and uses a resource called foreshadow, so foreshadowing, uh, very, very skillfully. So in which she leaves small clues and details that are irrelevant until we have the full story. And then with that, with those details, they, they later become very important, right? Yeah. So one more thing in favor of the theory is <laughs> that the um, on the Nagini Credence poster, if you zoom in on the symbols that are above their heads, she has a snake while he has a salamander, probably as a symbol of his relationship or his relation to tina now that one blew me away because in that film newt likens tina to like like he he gives her essentially salamander um kind of symbolism and and word association so then on the poster instead of picking like a phoenix or a bird there or whatever else they actually use a salamander and it's such a small thing Mm -hmm. those two characters are connected you have the snake right for nagini and then you've got, then on the left, you've got Credence, and just above him is a salamander. That, for me, did it. I was like, I am sold on this 100% now, that he's somehow connected 
to Tina that he's the brother, that he's a Goldstein, and that Anthony Goldstein will maybe be descended from him or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that that makes a lot of sense, and he's, oh, he's related that'd to... That would be so cool. Yeah, to Tina and Queenie. Crazy, right? Because I gotta admit, this was this rewatch was the first time that I really stumbled upon how close Tina is to Credence, how mm -hmm. passionate she is about protecting him, and she's like, Newt, you gotta save Credence, and he's right. the last thing she sees. I mean, yeah, uh, there is yeah, there's so many things that hint at uh a stronger relationship between Credence and Tina, which yeah. is, I mean, right now everyone's talking about where's Tina? Where's Tina in the next movie? Yeah. Could right. that be part of the plot? It that could be. That could be not there for a reason, for some reason. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of, um, yeah, like the, the actress, not, you know, if that's the case or, or what the deal is, we're, we're about to find out when it comes out. So just, just in recap, I want to, I want to summarize this theory again. Yeah. So the theory is that Credence Goldstein and Tina Goldstein and Queenie Goldstein are all related or that Credence and Tina are siblings that came across, they're from Europe, mm -hmm. came across on a ship and were, were adopted into the Goldstein family. You know what I mean? Wait, then that would mean that Tina isn't a Goldstein, right? Right. It yeah. would mean that. Yeah. Yeah. But they could still take mm. on the name. I mean, right. she, she's still adopted or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, the whole Credence thing, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how how his last name is, you know, because right now he's just Credence. Like he right. went from Credence Barebone to Credence Dumbledore to Credence who, right? I mean, Corvus for, for a second. Yeah, for Corvus know, for yeah. a little bit. Like it's his, his identity is all over the place. Yeah. So he'll settle on a name and I think that'll be uh, Goldstein by the end. But yeah, so and again, again, in summary, it's like Credence and Tina are connected because Tina cares about Credence. She wants to rescue him. She wants to save him. She risked her own career for him. Um, she has this salamander symbolism around her in the poster. He has that associated with him, right? You've got Nagini on one side and then you've got him on the other. And so that's yeah. very strong. You also have their age, right? Being a born around the same time, mm -hmm. 1901, possibly. Um, and so they could be Dumbledore mentioning a dark twin needing another, like a brother or a sister. And, and, and the mislead is brother. But what if it were right. a sister? It's right. a, it's a, it's a, a authors use that all the time to mm -hmm. kind of mislead you. Mm -hmm. They have one character mention a sibling, and so you're like, okay, he does have siblings. And when you mention brother, we eat it up and we say, oh, yep, he's got a, he's got a brother. Yep. But all along, he's had a sister. Yeah. He's had a sister who has been caring and looking into him and has been drawn to him. And it makes a lot of sense that their 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 locale is in the same spot. They were yeah. traveling to. Uh, America and they got split up. There's this big shipwreck. So somehow they are tied to the Corvus story. Yeah. But we were so focused on who is Corvus and, and the Lestrange connection and all that kind of stuff that what we missed was during the baby swap, there was a regular family, possibly the Goldsteins coming back or just whoever Tina, uh, if Tina is again, not necessarily a Goldstein, she might not be because we said like Tina's appearance is different than Queenie's. Yeah. Like they, they, that could be her adopted mother that she sees yeah. there. She could be very, very as like a small child when she comes to the United right. States, her parents could have been lost. There, there's a number of different things to consider, but what is clear is that Tina and Credence are connected. Yeah. And it's, there is similarities between how uh, Albus feels about his sister, Ariana, who possibly, it looks like she developed a, an obscurus. Yeah. 
um, yep. and how Tina feels about Credence for some reason. And she, I think she doesn't fully understand why she's so, you know, she cares so much about him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there, there is another theory that's out there, and it's floated around by different YouTubers, and it's been uh, kind of pretty popular. It's the idea that Credence is somehow like the human form of Ariana's Obscurus. And mm-hmm. that in this theory, Dumbledore asked like Flamel to help him with his sister um, who had died. And in the theory, Albus might have kept the Obscurus, like okay. like Ariane, Ar- Ariana's um, yeah. Obscurus. Yeah, like Nude has that Obscurus from right. that, um, what, Pakistan? The, no, not Pakistan. S- uh, Sudan. Su- Sudanese uh, yeah. girl. Yeah. Right. So they use the Philosopher's Stone um, and they might have tried to bring back Ariana and maybe somehow used the obs- her her obscurious mm-hmm. or her obscurial whatever it's called. She's the obscurial. The host is the obscurial, and the obscurus is the the, the obscurus. Okay, mm-hmm. so they might have tried to use the obscurus to bring back Ariana with the philosopher's stone, which then sort of results in this this credence hmm. uh, phenomenon, maybe. And that could be that's a theory that's floated around out there. Honest, okay. honestly, I like the idea that Tina and credence are related yeah and that he really just has this he's his own thing he's very separate from dumbledore's situation but there the the fascination that grindelwald has with dumbledore's sister and the power that she has i think that clicks in his mind as something that's interesting like well if i ever found some of those like an obscurious again then he could use it for powerful gain and so when he hears of one when he hears rumor of credence in america that's what brings grindelwald to from Europe across over to America to kind of um, you know be an imposter, the Graves imposter. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting, right? It is. I'm I'm blown away when I read this. I'm so yeah. glad I found this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. It was fantastic. And I uh, really like credits to the edi- uh, editor, <laughs> author. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Also to the editor. Thank you, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For editing our podcast. I mean. oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, 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 that was really cool, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to kind of uh, uh, share this, and I just think it's great. I think it's awesome. So, all right, well, that's pretty much it, friends. That is, that is the show um, today. I mean, I think the advice of the day, right, is to is to what, sweetie? Advice of the day. Um, I just want to pull a link to Credence and how um, how Grinnell Walt treats him, and and try to really see people for for what they are. And not for what you want them to be. Because mm-hmm. we see that with Grindelwald. He just wants to use Credence. He wants to, you know, he's someone who's close to his sister and, and might be, be leading him to the Obscurial. Um, and he fails to, to see Credence through, you know, what he really is. Even Newt, the, the love that he has for the creatures and the value he sees in them and other people fail to see that. Yeah. So yeah, just try to try to really see people and and not just live on uh, your own imagination of what people should be in your eyes. Yeah, I think it's really important to kind of and as a teacher, I always try to see what um, what my students, what are their passions, what 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 are they, what are their strengths, you know, who are they, what are they into, and I do watch them struggle with what society wants them to be and where where are they, what they should be involved in, what they should care about and stuff, and it's like really getting to the core of who they are is is important and i think for everyone it doesn't matter how old you are either you know as as you as like newt said we change you know our 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 ambitions can change or what you once thought of someone 
I don't know, two years ago might have changed. They might have gone through something else or, or, or whatever. And so I just think it's always important to be looking for the best in people and trying to see, you know, where, where, where they're coming from. So I like that, sweetie. That's great. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. All right, friends. Well, uh, yeah, we got in the, the discussion there on Fantastic Beast and where to find them. That was part two. And we got a little Credence uh, Tina Goldstein theory going yeah. there for you as well, which was a lot of fun. Let us know what you think about that. I, I would love to hear yeah. um, what other people think about it. Yeah, friends, you can always send us an email um, at, uh, let's see, this will be fleurandbill at gmail.com. You guys can send us an email there. Or if you just want to reach out on social media, you can hit us up at fleurandbill on Instagram and uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll chat with you guys. We'd love to hear what you think about it. So, and as the, as the show or as the movie comes out, yeah, maybe it's revealed or something and like, that'd be kind of cool. Right. Yeah. As Give we're talking person, about like, this, everyone yeah. already knows about this. And it's it's like, oh, shoot. We're going to post this right away. You know? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. All right, friends. Hey, with that, uh, thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into shell cottage radio, 94.7 C O Z Y. Uh, we hope you'll join us in the future. We thoroughly do enjoy meeting new positive Potter people. That don't behave like babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Uh, if you don't want to miss the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review uh, and follow us over on social media at Fleur and Bill. Yeah, we would love to have you back next week for part one of our We Watch. Um, did I say it again? You did. We Watch. We rewatch watch. the rewatch of that's Grindelwald's better. Crimes. That's good. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, thanks for joining Fleur and Bill in their cozy shell cottage. Um, we know it's not much, but it's our home. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.